Boston Marathon with two of my sons, Andrew and Tim, and uh, it was a mixture of the agony and the ecstasy because uh, running a marathon, whether it's a half one or a full one, uh, takes a lot out of you, but it's a wonderful challenge. And so watching today the half marathon here and members of the family, uh, was uh, uh, I found my adrenaline began to run again for it. And uh, I sensed that vitality and also the mixture of emotions that you feel when you're really stretching yourself and running in something like a marathon. And as I was reflecting on that, in fact, we're all involved in a marathon. None of you can get out of it. None of you. We're all involved in a long run. Because um, the call of Jesus is to follow him and to keep our eyes on him. In Hebrews, in the letter to the Hebrews, in uh, the New Testament, chapter 11, we have a, a kind of picture gallery of the men and women of faith who down the, the centuries, and particularly remembered in the Old Testament, uh, put their trust in the living God. Some are named, many are not named, in that chapter. And we sort of go round uh, the picture gallery to see them, one after the other. And we remember, as we look at that, how they were an inspiration in their different generations. Often in times of uh, darkness and uh, where people were turning their back on God, here were these men and women who, by faith, sought to live for God. And so that sort of launches then into Hebrews chapter 12. And they're a kind of, not only a picture gallery, they're also witnessing what those of the day and us today are called to do. And they put it like this, the writer of the Hebrews, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. So the writer is picking up this one again of, of the running. Um, that spiritually, whatever our age, whatever our stage, even if we find it a bit difficult to move at uh, different points in our lives, we're called still to run the race set before each and every one of us as we put our trust in Jesus as Lord, as Saviour, as the one who gives meaning and purpose to life. We're called to run it and to give it all we've got. But we recognise as we say that we need often encouragement and help along the way. That's why we gather here this evening. Because we know our need of one another. To encourage us, to help us, not only in times of difficulty, maybe of stress, maybe of pressure of one kind or another, but also times of joy and success. We need one another to 
travel with, as it were, to journey with. And as they do that, and as we do that for one another, we help one another to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, on whom our faith depends. He's the focus. He's the one who runs, as it were, with us. But how does he do it? How does Jesus do it? Well, he promised before he was executed, before he was crucified, that uh, his disciples then and his disciples down the centuries would be accompanied that they wouldn't be left, as it were, without him because they would know his presence by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we had that chapter just now to think of how the person of the Holy Spirit is with us, how he gives life to us, daily life, as it were, bringing to us the very life of God deep within. As you know, we think of God as three persons in one. Three in one, one in three. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's task and responsibility, as it were, is to be the executive of the Trinity, of the Triune God. The Holy Spirit makes things real for us, makes the presence of Jesus something real to us in each of us. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is described as the go-between God, the one who enables the love of the Father and the love and the redeeming power of Jesus, so the very presence of Jesus, become an actuality in your life and mine. And as we put our lives into God's hands and trust ourselves to Jesus Christ as the one we want to follow and serve, said is, we have the Spirit given to us to make that a reality for us, to bring alive to us the very presence of Jesus within us. And indeed also to pour out the love of God into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Such is the work and the presence, the person of the Holy Spirit. That Spirit that dwells within each one of us as we trust ourselves to him. And so as we think about that this evening together, life through the Spirit, how critical it is that we understand the work and the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, of course, the Holy Spirit, has been present there right from the beginning of time. We write, or read rather, in the early chapters of Genesis, the Spirit of God hovering over the waters in the process, too, of creation. The Spirit at work down the course of human history. The Spirit at work in human lives and relationships. We see the Spirit at work in so many different ways in the Old Testament figures. 
in kings, those who are anointed as kings, those who are priests, those who are prophets, have the Spirit of God given to them, endowed upon them. But there's the promise in the Old Testament that one day the Spirit would be universalised, would be poured out on all flesh. We find that fulfilled when we come into the New Testament and particularly on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit is poured out. And those who were the first followers of Jesus are given, as it were, a refreshing empowering by the Spirit on each and every one of us and every one of them. And so we find right at the beginning of Romans chapter 8 we read these words and they're words of the testimony of Paul the Apostle. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life or the spirit of, flair, or the spirit of life set me free from the law of the flesh, the law that governs and so often we find we can't match up to. How? By God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And on the cross we know how Jesus bears our sin in his body on the tree takes our place there, carries the can, as it were, for your sin and mine, so that we, as we respond to that sacrifice, sin offering for us, can be made right with God. And today, and each and every day, we, as it were, enter into now that we're in a relationship with God by the Spirit that brings, as it were, the presence of Christ into your life and mine as a reality. The Holy Spirit is the inner seal and assurance of the presence of Christ within us and the love of God poured into our hearts. The Lord is here is one of the great affirmations in some of the services that are used in the Church of England and no doubt other services at the communion service. It begins in one of the great prayers. The Lord is here and the response is his spirit is with us. And so tonight as we as we share together in the life of Christ we're able to do that because of our life together in Christ by the Spirit as we respond to him. Someone has written, a man called Richard Raw, God is more a dynamic verb than a static noun. Let me say that again. God is more, much more, a dynamic verb than a static noun. And that's why we need to go on discovering more of the Holy Spirit and our life in Christ through the Spirit. And sometimes too, 
we find we get a bit stuck or dry or we lose our sense of that presence of the Spirit with us. We can get stuck in a rut. We can lose, as it were, our awareness of what God is calling us to be and to do. In the Australian outback, there's a a notice that reads like this. Choose your rut carefully. You will be stuck in it for the next 40 miles. Choose your rut carefully or you will be stuck in it for the next, for you will be stuck in it for the next 40 miles. And as I read that some years ago, that rang many bells because how easily we can get stuck in a rut in our relationship with God. And we need, therefore, the the renewing, enlivening, empowering of the Spirit of God to lift us up, to shake us up, to help us in times when we lose our sense of direction, at times when we run off course, at times when we turn our back on God, and go our own way rather than our own. And we revert back to, as it were, our old nature, our sinful nature. And Paul in Romans 8, you will find, and you you need to read it, and perhaps with a more modern version too, to get the whole intent of it. He's speaking in this chapter of that tension at times that we're redeemed from an old nature, a concentration of living on our own terms and going our own way. We're living outside, as it were, God's righteous laws for us. We can run back, as it were, into old patterns of life. We can be enticed away from following Jesus. Remember again those words in Hebrews chapter 12. Called to run the race set before us. Casting off, throwing off those things that pull us back and the sin that entangles. And in Romans 8 you'll see how that that tension between the old nature and our new nature is very much a real one. And so we're called, as it were, to go on following and living in the life of the Spirit of God. The strong pull of our sinful natures at times reminds us that we always have a choice in following Jesus. We always have a choice to allow our minds to be controlled by our own desires or by the Spirit of God by the Holy Spirit, which leads us as we follow and are led by the Spirit of God into peace and true life in Christ. And so let's think more with me of what the power of the Spirit comes to bring. We've looked at something of the person of Christ in the Spirit, by the Spirit within us, What does the power 
that is released within us as we seek to live through the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Life in the Spirit. Jesus, we read, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit. This is verse 11 of Romans chapter 8. Who lives in you. Life in abundance in us by the Spirit. And the power of the Spirit is given to us as we recall again in that chapter that uh, um, I referred to earlier. The power of the Spirit is given as we keep our eyes on Jesus. And as we also remember those words of Paul in another epistle to the Ephesians, where he prays that we might know in experience, not just intellectually, knowing in our minds, but knowing in experience the incomparably great power for us who believe. By the Spirit, we are enabled, given God's very power to be in us and working in and through us. Back in the 1970s, in fact, back in the 1960s, to go a bit earlier, which is old history so to so many of you here, it's a long time ago, and yet as I speak and share about this now, it somehow seems only yesterday. I was vicar of a new church in a place called Chorley Wood in Hertfordshire. A new church and a very young new vicar. We had to build a church and we had to discern and to see what were the priorities as you build a new church. You want it to be a building which, as it were, holds the people of God who've got a vision of being a church that is alive with the Spirit of God. Over a period of time, a number of people uh, became Christians, gave their lives to Christ, and we began to know that we needed to go forward more in the life of the Spirit. And so, as we gathered in different groups and sometimes with uh, uh, long periods of prayer, we prayed that we might know more of the power of the Holy Spirit. We knew our need of God in a deeper way. And I have with us today, or with me today, an outline programme of, and this is nearly 50 years old, this bit of uh, cardboard, this bit of card, of a course that we use then in our desire to discover more of the Holy Spirit of God and the power of the Spirit of God. And as I look down, October, November, December, January, February, March, back in the uh, 
middle 60s, 1960s, I'm amazed at what we put into the programme were on the person of the Spirit, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, of the gifts of the Spirit, of the fruit of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit and revival. And as we followed that course, and as we prayed, so we were conscious that God was taking us on a journey with the Spirit, as it were. And one evening in particular, we were gathering together, quite a number of us, and we'd invited a visiting uh, speaker to speak about the work of the Holy Spirit. His name was Michael Harper. Some of you may know his name. And Michael spoke to us of our need to be filled and baptised, immersed, as it were, by the Spirit, that the Spirit that indwells also needs to be released to empower within us. And I remember, I'll never in fact forget, how at the end of that meeting, when we were praying, and when I went outside to get a bit of fresh air and looked up into the starry skies, it was a very clear night, I felt the Spirit of God just touch me touched me and I began to pray in a language I didn't know began to speak in tongues praising God and out of that and out of that study course and out of the times of waiting upon God God began to do a deeper work in the life of that church And we knew something more of the love of God poured out by the Spirit upon us. Love holding us together. Love doing deep work, often in times of suffering and of uncertainty and difficulty. The love of God holding us and empowering us and actually turning us outward to the community around For the Spirit doesn't like to be contained. The Holy Spirit has to be released in and through us to others. And over the years that followed, much happened through that. New wine came to birth through that some years later. But there's another church in Chorleywood where things began to happen too. And Marilyn, my wife, is going to say a word about it. And this was about seven years afterwards. Thank you. Yes, another church in Chorley Wood. Only I have to explain right at the beginning that John was in one church, St. Andrew's, and I was in another, Christ Church. We were both married but we weren't married to each other. We've only been married about six years, um, and both our husband and our wife uh, died, mine 20 years ago, and John's nearly uh, nine. But one evening, my late husband Peter was in our church, and we'd only recently arrived there, and it was a bit dead. And he was 
praying through the church that the breath of the Holy Spirit would sweep through it. And as he did so, so the Lord gave him a, a, a gift of tongues. And he had no idea what it was all about. And he was just staggered at what was happening to him. So he thought, well, what shall I do with all this? I, I think what I'd better do is go and speak to the church wardens. <laughs> a very churchy thing. <laughs> One of the church wardens was about 80 years of age. A very um, proper, proper Christian man who didn't feel that you should share your faith with anybody else because he felt it was a very private thing and you kept it to yourself. Anyway, my husband, Peter, went to speak to him. And he said, Desmond, something amazing has happened to me in the church. He said, and I feel that God is giving me an insight into a, something which I've never experienced before. I believe it's a pouring out of the Spirit, but what shall I do with it? Is it a dynamic for the whole church? Or is it to be just a personal thing for me? Or, or should I share it with my wife and my curate? What should I do? And this man, who had a very private faith, said, you share it with the whole church. This is something amazing. I don't know what it is, he said, but I think you must share it. So, my husband thought, now who can help me? Ah, in the other church was John and his wife, Gay. Now, they are several steps ahead of us because they have been experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. So, we'll invite them over and we'll have a meeting which is open to everybody in the church to come to the vicarage and we'll ask John and Gay to speak to us. And the day arrived. He made sure that everybody knew about it. It was not in any sense um, just for a small group. It was open to everybody. And the vicarage was packed to the doors. And John spoke to us very movingly of the power of the Spirit that had been in St. Andrews and it was available to us all. And then he said, now if any of you would like to receive God's Spirit, why don't we have a time now when you can come and have prayer? So there and then in our sitting room, people came and they knelt and John and Gay prayed for them. And then the church warden came to John and he knelt before him. This man of 80, we know all about that now, but at the time he seemed an elderly man. And John said to him, Desmond, what would you like the Lord to give to you? He's ready and willing to bless you in whatever way you would like. And he said, I want to be filled with the love of God. Mm. What a simple thing. But that's what he believed the Spirit of God was, the love of God. He said, I'm no good 
at sharing my faith. Well, we knew that. He, he didn't enjoy telling the world about his faith. He said, but I want to be able to go and tell my neighbors and share the fact that I have this spirit, this love of God within me. And he knelt before John and John prayed for him. And it was a very moving time. And he got up and then gradually people left after they'd been prayed for. And we learned the next morning he'd gone round to his neighbors, knocked on the door, this proper man of 80, and said, I want to tell you something amazing that's happened to me. I have been filled with the love of God, mm. and I want you to know that love too. That's what it's all about. Mm. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us this double measure, abundance of the love of God. Why? Just to bless us? Yes, to bless us. But so we can go out and share it. You can't share what you haven't got. And if you've got the love of God within you, you want other people to know it as well. And this was our first, if you like, joint experience <laughs> Um, of sharing in ministry together and it's a joy to be able to now. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much, Marilyn. I spoke about the marathon and uh, at different stages we all are at. Some just starting Others perhaps um, not clear about whether they want to be part of the marathon. But uh, whatever point we're at, that's the key above all else, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is poured into our hearts as we open ourselves to all that God has done for us in Jesus and all that he longs to go on doing in and through each of us. If it's thought that uh, life has been straightforward for Marilyn and myself since those days in the 1970s and 60s, uh, it hasn't been because we have had our stories and our ministries have taken us all over the place and our responsibilities. But what we have wanted to share what I believe is right at the heart of life in the Spirit is that uh, God pours out and gives to us and fills us with his Spirit to face all that comes with hope and heads held high because God is with us. D.L. Moody, a great evangelist, once said, in response to a question, have you been filled with the Spirit? He replied, yes, I've been filled with the Spirit, but I leak. And all of us, not least the speakers tonight, will know that we leak at times. But God goes on filling us with his Spirit as we seek him afresh.
And just the final verses of Romans 8, verse 17, where in that passage, and there's much in it that I haven't gone through, but the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. And the Spirit seeks always to give glory to God. And that's our calling too. A word of prayer together. As I was reflecting earlier about this church of St. Matt's, And thinking of the steeple that stands out for miles around. That steeple which, as it were, points heavenward. And is a place of hope, as this is, and of healing, and of grace and mercy. So I pray, Lord Come to us this evening afresh. Pour out your Spirit upon us. And may all who come through the doors of St. Matt's sense your Spirit here. And may your Spirit come this evening in renewing power and grace. And may we all go from this church tonight to carry your spirit in our hearts and through our lives to point to Jesus. In his name, amen.